0: I have a lot of teachers in my life, and to a one, they will tell you that in-person instruction is infinitely better than trying to do it all remotely. I know we live in an age where a lot of our lives are played out through the screens of our computers, but uh, especially K-12 through instruction, so much better in person. But the logistics of this are daunting. Uh, and it's it's gonna be um interesting you know to be on the outside looking in my my children not only are grown past school age they're both teachers now uh, I'll be watching it from that angle my grandchildren are not yet in school so that's gonna be fascinating I think we may have superintendent Jennifer Gill on the line with us now superintendent are you there I am. Superintendent Jennifer Gill is joining us live this afternoon here on WMAY, and thank you for taking the time. Uh, I don't know how much uh, advance notice you got on the guidelines that the State Board of Education has put out today. I'm sure you've been hearing some of the details for a while now. So let me get your quick reaction to this, and is this a workable plan to get Springfield public school students back in the classroom this fall?
1: Well, I will tell you that this has been very much awaited. We are we are glad to have this in our hands, this 60-page document that we got this afternoon. We did not get before you. You and I got this at the same exact time. However, obviously, they've been um, you know, seeking input from people around the state, and we've obviously had conversation um, amongst ourselves here in the district as well as um, uh, throughout the region. We have a regional 51 superintendent group that's been talking a lot and the large unit district association superintendents have been uh, talking often. So we have been thinking and planning and and preparing, but are so happy to have this transition joint guidance that uh, was released today so that we can plan ahead. It definitely helps us. It answers some of those big questions that so many have uh, that will now help us develop our plan further. For instance, you know, can we come back in person? The answer is yes, we can and actually, they're calling for some sort of a plan of in-person be the be the priority uh, because we know that giving uh, students the opportunity to learn and having that opportunity gap is, is a real problem. So we wanted to make sure that we are allowing uh, in-person learning, if at all possible, uh, by the time school opens. It also answered big questions about um, can we still do some version of remote learning or a blended format, and I believe the answer to that is yes. Uh, that we can do that, um, and actually, the governor uh, signed a signed a law that blended learning, um, you know, with remote and in in-person visits is actually allowable uh, for a school day. Um, The other thing that we learned in this is that all students and all faculty, anybody in the building must wear masks uh, while they're in the building. And that was a big question about when and how uh, how long and where we would need to wear masks. And I think that this document does uh, delve into that a little bit more and say that it is going to be a required uh, piece for students to return in the fall. Um, So those are just some of the highlights uh, that I can pick up and tell you right now, uh, but what I can tell you is that District 186 has been working hard on what our plans might look like um with what we knew and by reading all of the guidance from other states and looking across um, uh, news stories and things of that nature. So we have a team that we put in place. We're calling it uh, District 186 Learns, um, a transition uh, to school uh, this coming fall. And the reason we called it that is because we're still learning about what we need to do, but it's all about student learning and how we can best deliver student learning in a way that provides for a safe um, environment for students and staff Um, in this pandemic. So uh, we are going to go back to the table and begin to work on tweaking the actual plans for District 186 uh, based on our school calendar and how our schools operate. I think this plan does call for um, each school to consider what they need and what each district needs because we are very diverse across the state of Illinois.
0: So does it seem likely that we will have some form of what you refer to as that blended approach that could mix in-person learning, some remote learning, possibly staggered schedules in there? Is that what you're leaning to at this point?
1: You know, I can't really say we're leaning towards any one because we've had all three of those um, in the air right? And so one is not taking precedent over the other yet in our conversation, but this plan is going to allow us to take what we know now and and apply it to those plans that we've been putting in place and thinking about. Um, We obviously have students that are medically fragile, have some conditions that may preclude them from coming back to school. Uh, We know that families have some of those same things in their their homes, and having a child come to school might be um, very scary for those families and so we need to think about next steps for what uh, those families are going to be facing and what needs they may have um, and we also need to think about those that that had struggles with uh, online learning and remote learning and and them needing that that school-based instruction and what that might look like so I think you'll see um, and options, some options out there for when we return to school um, instead of a one-size-fits-all. And I do think that uh, the guidance is going to be taken into consideration by, you know, our transition team. We are also later this week going to launch a survey to our families, our students, and our staff uh, based on this guidance. We've been working on the questions. We have a a process in place. And we're going to be pushing that out. There'll be links that will take you to a, a short survey, no more than, uh, 15 or so questions, but really allow us to get a little input um, from the community on, on what they think about about our plan, especially those that are attached to school, the school community. And, you know, we just really want to make sure we've thought of everything. Um, I will say that we are, are anticipating making sure that we get this right, and so we probably will not present this until the the July 20th board meeting. Um, And so that will give us a few weeks here to make sure that we have thought through all of the angles of this and uh, also give ourselves time on the back end of it uh, to make any tweaks if needed. But you know we also know that everything is changing almost daily right now with this with this uh, situation with the pandemic, and you know now that states have opened, you know some of them are starting to you know close down a little bit more. We want to make sure that we give ourselves plenty of time and give ourselves enough flexibility in this plan that we can operate on different fronts.
0: One of the things that's obviously getting a lot of tension on this is is the fact that it does call for students, teachers, everybody to wear masks if they're in the building. As a longtime educator yourself, how practical is that to expect students to sit in the classroom all day with a mask over their face, even if they don't have other medical conditions? Is that a viable option?
1: You know, I, I, I don't know if I can answer that specifically. I just know that it will be difficult. Right. And so I'm a mom. I'm a teacher. I'm a person that's been wearing a mask and and following the rules as I go places. And I definitely know there are some ups and downs to doing so. One, we want to make sure that we protect ourselves and protect others. Uh, That first and foremost, a safe environment. Um, But two, we know that it is hard uh, to talk, you know, while you have a mask on. It's hard to, um, you know, read somebody's facial expressions when you have a mask on. Um, all of those things are realities and very important in the school setting. So it's a challenge for sure, and it's one that uh, has been put in front of us. And so we're going to uh, implement that guidance as long as that that lasts and has, has that guidance in place. Of course, we're always hoping that we can enter Phase 5 and, and have a, a, a cure for this pandemic and or a way to maintain its uh its um um growth but we do know that that right now keeping ourselves safe is is important as well uh we are very mindful that a face mask that closes up your m- mouth makes it very hard to teach Uh, young learners how to read. Um, Any of our students that are hearing impaired, we're thinking of you and making sure that we um, get some face shields and some things in place that might help those teachers have the ability to be able to have their face visible uh, during instruction. Uh, So all of those things are, are pieces of this bigger puzzle.
0: We're talking with Springfield School Superintendent Jennifer Gill. How much conversation have you had with the Springfield Education Association, the teachers union, about this, about requiring teachers to wear some kind of face covering all day and all the other things that go along with this?
1: You know, everything that goes along with this, um, we have had um, we have a task force that is is in It's a joint task force with SEA and with with our um, district officials, and their work has been tremendous to date. Um, In fact, I had a small group yesterday that was wrapping up uh, the survey work. I've been in contact with our union almost daily over the past few weeks about this plan and about the things that we need to be thinking about um, and joining some small group work uh, to get this work done. As we come back to the full group, we have some full uh, work days uh, planned ahead here. Uh, so that we can come together and really dig into this document. Um, we immediately sent this document to that team today so that they can start reading it. And obviously, we're going to be doing the survey um, of students and staff and families um, in the coming days here so that we can get, get their, their input. Um, working together and creating this plan together is absolutely essential um, because not only does it affect uh, the work that they do each and every day, it affects the students that they know the best. And they can best uh, give us this this um, this input for how to create this plan. One of their biggest questions was about the face coverings, and and I mean this kind of gives us a place to start from and, and to be able to have conversations. Uh, so we are just um, going to need to go back to the, the table now with this guidance in hand and make sure we put the a plan in place that best serves everyone for safety and uh, uh, learning.
0: A a, a relatively minor aspect of this, but one that just struck me as a potential logistical challenge, the plan also calls for temperature checks for everybody coming into Mm -hmm. the building every day, staffers and teachers and students. Logistically, have you figured out yet how that can work? Because that seems like that would be a a bit of a, a daunting undertaking as well.
1: Yes, I do think it's going to be a major undertaking. Uh, one thing that we did early this summer was um, increase our supply of the forehead infrared readers. Um, we've we've purchased every school um, a very nice one, and then we've also gotten some that were a little bit less expensive so that we can have a, a backup to a backup in case we need that. We've pur- purchased multiple thermometers per school. Um, obviously, we're going to need to work together to, to figure out the logistics of as students enter uh, where they enter and, and how they get their temperature taken, um, how we do the six-foot distancing markers on the floor and where where they go around around the building and just the flow of the building to make sure that we're limiting uh, the number of students that are in a space. You know, a schools off, often operate on a bell and everybody pulls, pulls pours out of the classrooms and goes on to their next one I'm sure we'll have to figure out some staggered times of, of how we do this so I do think that we have a lot of things to think about um, but the temperature checks is definitely one uh, that uh, we will do and then we just urge families to make sure that they do that before school too and if their child does have an elevated temperature to not send them um, and we will have to do a lot of education with our families about knowing the symptoms and making sure that they they can help us and be readily available if, if a child has to go home sick.
0: Uh, Superintendent, as you know, my daughter is a special ed teacher in the district. Mm-hmm. And so I, I talk with her quite a bit about this. And, uh, you know, she notes that the particular challenges of the special ed population in the district, uh, that it's not really practical to uh, to think about teaching uh, some of the more profoundly disabled students and maintain social distancing. You have to have close contact with them. Masks, uh, as you noted, really can impede the ability to communicate with one another. So to, to what extent... Uh, are you able to uh, come up with a workable plan for special education students uh, in the district under these conditions?
1: You know, that's been one of the things. uh, Meg Thurman, who is my uh, director of student support services that serves our students with special needs, and I talked talk often and you know we're really kind of watching the guidance that comes out around how we can serve students the best um, and give them the things that they need and every student that has an individual education plan last spring during the pandemic and the school closures we moved to a remote learning plan for each individual student based on their specific learning needs and that was a lot of work for those special education teachers they had a lot of meetings that they needed to attend and they had to do uh, some extra paperwork, and it's an amazing uh, feat that they got through it. But each of those individual education plans will call for um, special needs for for each individual student. So if it ca- calls for a, a person to be more hand over hand, we will just have to provide the right um, personal protective equipment uh, for those individuals that are helping uh, those students. And you know, once again, every single individual student will be different based on their needs and we're willing and ready to work with them because uh, their learning and their learning loss is even more important than everyone else's because it, it you know every moment matters so we know that uh, we have a lot of work to do in that area as well but we want to make sure everybody feels welcome in our schools and that we have a learning plan in place uh, for every student, no matter what their disability may be.
0: Uh, There are a ton of other questions here that I could ask, but let me just ask you one last one. Uh, If we get to a point, because they said districts need to have a plan so that if we start to see virus cases surge again this fall, if we have to go back to remote learning, have that plan in place. I know you've made a lot of headway on this in the spring in trying to make sure that families have the equipment, connectivity but but where are we on that to, to to what extent are is every student in the district able to access and and participate in remote learning if we have to go back to that district wide
1: Right. Well, one of our big focus areas will be making sure that every student has a device that's assigned to them as soon as they start the school year. So, if we were to have to go back into a full remote learning, stay-at-home measure again, that we have all of those computers assigned and it would make distributing them a lot easier uh, than it was this spring. We are fortunate enough to have enough devices in our district to be able to provide every student with a device. But as you know, the refreshing of technology is an ongoing um, issue. It's really the new consumable. You know, we used to get workbooks that we had to purchase every year. Now we have to make sure we're refreshing and keeping our technology up to date. Um, we are going to allocate dollars towards that initiative in our care with our CARES money uh, that the district did receive. So we will be improving our fleet of technology and making sure that uh, we have the right um, device assigned to every student so that if we do need to go back into this, we are ready to go. Um, it, is, it is a challenge, and it's something um, that we are so much better at now than we were maybe on March 13th when we went into the pandemic. Um, our teachers have really stepped up, and they've they've learned quickly how to implement their teaching and learning into an online format, and it will be a big focus of our professional development as we come into the new school year. But more importantly, one other thing I wanted to mention is that we just have um, this great need to make sure that we're supporting our families and our students um, and our teachers, to be honest, with their social emotional needs as it goes we go through this. So um, it's been it's been a different time and we're going to have a lot of that transition. So we know that we're we're poison ready for these things and I'm I'm proud of the committee that has come together and the work that we are going to do over the next few weeks to make sure that this plan is is perfect for District 186.
0: Springfield School Superintendent Jennifer Gill we do appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Appreciate you.